0: Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast.
1: Hey, welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment podcast. I am Pastor Carl Jones and I am the guest today and introducing Ashley Chandler and Jim Park and Pastor. Vicar Jim Park.
0: Woo! Vicker. Yay, welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> man. Thanks
0: for doing that, though. Vicker's a
2: weird word. I love that word, man. But it's accurate. It
0: is accurate. It's
2: accurate.
1: It's a very I looked old, old friend. Yeah. I just remember it because it was a Christmas song. I, can, really? I can't remember which Christmas song. Oh. It's like, gra- grab the vicar and we'll get married or something like that. I can't
0: remember. Oh, that does sound familiar. Vicar,
1: Parson, never mind. That was like Parson Gray. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Frosty the Snowman, dude. Is, are it? It you is sure? Parson Gray. Yeah. Grab Parson I don't know. Gray. And we we'll Wentz.
1: Nobody wants to grab him right now. Oh. <laughs> Stink, stinking eagles. Aww. Anyway, I'm not going to bring my personal problems into this. What are we talking about
2: today? <laughs> yeah,
0: what are we talking about tonight, Jim?
2: <laughs> so we've been doing, for the month, we've been talking about veteran things. So, and I had, we have had a couple of veterans on. Yep. And talked about, the first week we talked about transitioning. And then the next week we talked about, how for veterans, thank you for your service is such an awkward statement because there's, you know, it's just awkward for us to try to answer. So this week I thought we'd have the non-veteran heavy and just talk about more of you guys' perspective yeah. on veterans and kind of the, in that community, the hot button topics. So that's Sweet. Okay. So bring it, ask the questions. What,
0: what do you mean as far as like hot topic like, questions? Like what do you mean well, like, for our community
2: specifically? Um, like suicide rates and post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress. And,
0: okay. So kind of talking about the preconceived notions and things, like what it kind of yeah, seems yeah. like it could be and is from the general community side. hmm my initial thoughts growing up of what veterans were, were the, were, was the stereotypical, like World War II veteran, like somebody's grandpa, great grandpa. Um, and it's taken me a while to really change that mindset and realize that there's a lot of, like a whole gambit of generations that have come now after that, yeah. um, but for the longest time, growing up, I would think of World War II vets or the guys, the older guys that were really struggling, um, or had gone to Vietnam or something like that, like super traumatic, kind of having a hard time adjusting to normal daily life, home again. No,
1: yeah. I would, I would say that I, I don't think I ever really thought about veterans very much at all. To be honest, growing up, I don't think I really knew very many my cousin was in the air force but you know wasn't anything that really got talked about very much yeah. um my first real thought about military service veterans stuff like that was honestly nine eleven. right you know a- after all of that happened my brother and i were uh, dead set on joining the military because nah, you don't do that, man. And my mom begged us, begged us not to, not to join. But that was kind of like that first kind of thought of, you know, nine eleven, you know, even a little bit before that, you know, Gulf War type stuff, Afghanistan. And then you know realizing there were people my age that were over there doing stuff and you and I have had that conversation before I'm I I'm not 100% sure I've ever really allowed a societal perception of a veteran um to you know permeate my thought process because I didn't grow up with any notion right. of I grew up with no experience with veterans You know, I I think that's probably my first real interactions with veterans is, you know, seeing some friends and seeing some people that, you know, kind of came back from, you know, Gulf War or, you know, Afghanistan or whatever it may be, you know, Faye's brother being one of them, uh, really struggling from a, a mental health perspective and because they saw and did things that, it, you know, it was hard to really reconcile. And so right. I, I have always kind of come at it from a place of, you know, a great honor because, you know, serving our country in a way that not very many do. And then B, you know, sympathy for those that do struggle because I, I can't imagine seeing what many of you have seen. So, right. I,
2: Right. It's interesting too, right? Because in kind of different categories, as we had in our history, we had Vietnam and the way, or even go back further, like the world wars and Korean War and stuff like that. Those men came back, men and women came back as heroes, you know, those generations. And then Vietnam happens. And then we have kind of a different vibe, right? We have a different feel. We have, you know, people protesting that and being like, openly against it and then those men and women came home and they as is well documented got a horrible they didn't get welcomed they got shunned from society my generation kind of it was none of the above we just kind of went in and like i shared a couple weeks ago i got into basic training and the gulf war went from desert shield to desert storm and it was over before i was done training so then it was My time was some rotations to South America and nothing to speak of. There was no social media. There was no 24 hour news cycle to cover it. Six and a half years later, we get out and that's it. You know, the transition out is no different for anybody, but my generation, we kind of got out, went on about our way. Then you have this, you know, war on terror and you have like these, Think the millennial generation, really an entire generation of kids identified by a war. that has been like now their kids are like, you know, you know what I mean? There's dudes who had children when this war started, who are now enlisting.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
2: And that's how long we've been actively engaged in, you know, really a, a whole lot of not that much. So, can mm-hmm. I ask a few questions yeah. from a not veteran, <laughs>
1: you know, per, perspective? I guess. Do you, do you talk to other generations of veterans? You know, guys that served in Vietnam or Korea or World War II. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So, what I guess, what would you say? You know, those people coming home from Vietnam, you know, you, you mentioned this and it makes me very curious. You know, those people coming home from Vietnam receiving uh, almost a shun um, and then you have your experiences coming out of the military and readjusting to, you know, normal life. I, I, I guess what what are were the differences there? Why Why were they shunned? Why did you readjust the way that you did?
2: Um, I would say kind of across the board, anytime you talk to a veteran from any generation, the transition part was the hardest because you, you're coming from that unit, that brotherhood, you know, everything you do, to, you do together, everything's so stringent and scheduled and routine and, you know, kind of that, mission always on mission mindset and then you're out and then once you're out that's gone and then not only are you trying to transition you know um for the like korean war veterans and stuff like that a lot of those guys i guess across the board for those guys would be coming home to to families and and trying to adjust to normal life and then korea or vietnam like you, we said, those guys got, they're shunned and everybody's mad at that war because of the things that went on and the things, you know, that were more covered by the news. I have like vague memories as a little kid seeing like on the nightly news, seeing highlights and stuff like that. And I, you know, and so those guys, not only are trying to adjust back to civilian life, but they've been involved with this horrible war. They have the same post-traumatic stress things but nobody wants them here and they're seen as villains you know so i've talked to a couple guys that just bought into that not only are they struggling but they started believing that about themselves Mm -hmm. that i was involved in this thing and i you know and and that's who i am i'm this horrible person and then addictions happen and You know, in the the earlier wars, like the world wars in Korea, those guys would come home, touted as heroes, got right back to work and their jobs and everything. It was a smoother transition for my generation, the same, you know, I struggled because in those days I didn't realize fully yet that what my giftings were and where I was supposed to be was in service to something, a country, my community, whatever. So there was those years of trying to navigate regular jobs, so to speak. And I just wasn't successful at them. And then the guys younger than me now are coming out. And that's a whole different thing because they've been really, really fighting deployment after deployment. So they come back and they go from that, that combat, fully like mission-oriented mindset, for 14 or 16 months and then for some of them all right now you're out of the military you know i've heard it said before it's like going 100 miles an hour and then go get this job at walmart yeah. and yeah, and, sure. and try to function does the know,
0: va help place
2: job wise
0: yeah like finding jobs helping them do resumes oh, helping like, them like get like placed. job
2: placement so i'm not yeah. clear on that
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but it it sounds like to me the issue isn't really the job; it's the mentality coming back into yeah society, right? You know, so I, I guess you know, following up with that, what would for for families, you know, um, for for friends, for strangers, whatever, you know, what would be the two to three things that you know? Families, friends, strangers need to keep in mind as a veteran transitions back into regular society.
2: Um, I would say just space you know give that grace and that that space for them to to uh, for example, if a dude's been in a lot of heavy combat, probably being inside an auditorium with well. I'll, albeit it's worship music, but there's a heavy bass line and flashing lights. You what know? church is like that? <laughs> <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> right, but just stuff like that. Just the understanding of of yes, they're home, but what have they just lost? You know what I mean? That's a big part of you or of your life. You know, that's that's instantly gone. And then there's also a lot of guys deal with, um, survivor's guilt. Now I'm home and I'm with my family, but my brothers are still in the grind. They're still in the fight. And am constantly thinking of that, you know, I mean, I do that some of the time, a lot of the time, actually, when I'm, when it's as busy as it is right now in the city on the days I'm not working, I'm thinking about. The guys that are working and just like and then if you hear something that happened you know like the other day I was not on shift last week and one of the crews was transporting a dude from a shooting then got in an accident on the way to the hospital and typically that's all the information you get you know I mean so then then your mind starts thinking okay and then we're all blowing each other up what crew was it who was it who yeah. That happened to yeah. well a lot of that's the same, you know. A lot of that's you a veteran comes home and he hears of something just in passing, or just how the twenty four hour news cycle will sell it to get people interested. This little blurb on like nine Marines died in a mission in this province in Africa, Af- mm-hmm. Afghanistan. You know, then you got these dudes that are struggling anyway, and they're, they're now they're right back in it. So to answer your question, I think a lot of it's just the space, like I, you know, the spouses and stuff and the families that are there, like at the worst moments to keep these men and women together, you know, those, those are some folks that deserve some honor right there. Just the ability to hang with that and not bail out. You know what I mean? Not be like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. This is, isn't what I married into or what i thought i was getting so and i would say just for friends just just same thing just the understanding sometimes it's better just to not ask anything just at the same time be persistent you know everybody knows that everybody with friends knows when those friends are bsing you i'm fine and you can be like no (laughs) no and that's and especially in the veteran community especially now with covid the whole time the suicide numbers are just climbing Mm
1: -hmm.
2: because there's you know there's no face-to-face visits the va is hard to deal with anyway you know it's 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 difficult to get an appointment and get in for stuff like that and they're it's not on them it's just that there's so many guys
1: sure so i i guess a follow-up to that what are the things that are just kind of off limits to ask um and the things that are are okay to ask you know and i i i hate to i'm sure there are the ones that should be obvious like do you ever shoot a person like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, stop being yeah, an idiot you know what i mean but like <laughs> yeah but at, like what are what are kind of the things that maybe unexpectedly like oh never thought that is off limits or oh i never thought i could ask that
2: you know i would say it goes like person to person mm. i think everybody's different there's guys that it's interesting because there'll be guys that embrace the uh the post-traumatic stress as their identity. And there's others that are to the point of, of mad at society for labeling me that, mm-hmm. you know, I did this job, I chose it and it was bad, but now I'm flourishing over here. Yeah. So why would you keep dragging me back into this category? Mm-hmm. You know, those are harder kind of shelves to break through because, you know, Especially now, a lot of those guys have seen something, and even ones that weren't directly involved in the combat, even the support soldiers and stuff like that, doing their mission. Everybody was deployed into kind of a hot zone, you know, and everybody has spent time away, and everybody's been activated when they thought they wouldn't be. I think just the main thing is the obvious: have you ever killed anybody? <laughs> That's You know, that's, you you would think, but still, you know, sometimes people need to be told the obvious. And then, I don't know, it's just layers. It's just, I think kind of to reverse that question, giving people some direction or even uh, training or something, you know, some type of guidance to, to help them to not be shocked. You know, when they hear someone have to tell a story about, like, killing a kid or a woman that was, you know, just bearing down on them and they didn't, you know, just, that's hard for guys to reconcile. And if you get them to the point where they share that, but then you look freaked out that they just said the thing they just said.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, that those guys are going to go, they're going to shut down. I think a big thing to note is if you're with a veteran of anything, of first re- like of the first responder community or the or the military or whatever, if they're ready to open up to you, like I'm sorry for you if you had something else that you needed to get to, because, <laughs> because for real, because if that's on the surface ready to come out and like and they came to you with that and then you don't have time, that might never come up again. Yeah. yeah. That might get, that, that'll get shoved way to the bottom. So if it's made its way to the surface and someone gives you the opportunity to be the one to hear them, get that off their chest, I would say the, the big thing is to, like, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously within reason, but.
1: No, no. I I <laughs> would say I, I have had that happen before and made a good friend because of it, you know, where, right. where it was you know, a, a how you doing at church in the lobby turned into a two hour, you know, conversation. Right. And, you know, he's a great friend that, you know, we get together to for lunch whenever we can um, to this day. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll attest to that.
0: It's always a trick to stay present with watching what's going on in their heart when they're sharing that, you know, and just be being very intentional to be, okay, God, what am I supposed to do in this moment? You know, am I, am I listening? Am I encouraging? Am I listening for something specific? You know, what's, what's the point of this conversation? To just get it off the chest or is it just something like they're looking for some sort of positive, you know, affirmation? Um, but to just be able to remove yourself from the equation and be really honed into what's happening with them, it's, it's pretty amazing, when people open up like that and I think God puts you in the right places at the right time, you know? So yeah, he gives absolutely. that space in that time, you know? So it's, that's pretty, that's pretty special to be trusted like that, you know? You no,
2: know, I think the constant encouragement for guys for for guys and gals for military people to, to share and be open. That's, you know, we try to do that here with TLE is whether it's writing or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. It's important just to get people. I mean, I, Pastor Jim had to do that for me. There's a a story, the the worst, probably to this day, the worst call I've been involved in. And I never, I never wanted to share or talk about it. And for me, it was under kind of the the guise of, well, I don't want you guys to have it on your hearts. So I'll just keep that for myself. And I can remember, he doesn't remember, I brought this up the other day, but he said, oh, how arrogant are we to think that our friends and family wouldn't be there to listen to what we had to say. And then I was, I was kind of like, ooh. <laughs> 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 so I wrote it out. For me, it was writing it out. And then I had it written out for a long, long time and then finally posted it. You know, and it's, and that's a, Like that's a huge thing for, yeah. for these you know, for us as veterans and first responders is to get that courage or the trust in the people that are going to see it to put that out there because nobody wants to come across or be seen as broken or damaged or, or other than, or less than because of, of different labels, you know? And I mean, me personally, there's things that to this day that I haven't told people because I don't want people to be like, Oh, He's, he was involved in something like this, then I think that's a, that's a part of the transition phase. And, you know, and to give you some indication, I've been out of the Army since 1996. Yeah. And there's still things. I mean, yeah.
0: Nobody I needs mean, to know that. To be fair, though, I mean, it, it's not, we're not comparing trauma. I'm not comparing trauma or situations or experiences, but to some degree we are all imperfect and broken people. And so I think right. in that way, that reality has helped me connect with people because we all in our own ways feel vulnerable, messed up, not reaching the mark, you know, all these things. And that's where, you know, as Christians, when Christ comes in, he extends his grace and we're made perfect through like our weakness because of what he does in us. I think that's where we can connect because we don't have the same exact experiences, but we might have the same experience of going through a grief or going through some hardship and that's where we can be human to human and have those connections. And so I think, yeah, like you're broken, I'm broken type thing, you know, and, and it doesn't mean you're broken beyond repair. I mean, that's, again, we have Christ, but I think in a way it takes a little bit of that pressure off of, there's no standard that i'm that I think a lot of us are expecting our veteran friends to be because they're just another person like we are in a way we're just trying to figure out how best to support you because our experiences are so different
1: your Your experience is so unique you know it there I think I agree a hundred percent with Ashley that there are common bonds within those experiences this is probably a super poor analogy. So if you're listening out there and you get offended by this, you know, you can talk to Jim park and I'll never come on again. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I, I worked at a summer camp for 13 years and from May to September was go, go, go 20 hours a day you know, six days a week, you're with the same people doing the same things, doing the, you know, and there's a, a brotherhood and a sisterhood that gets formed through that to the point where, you know, then one day it's just, it's just done, you know, like, and I, I can't imagine what it's like to do that for years, like you guys did, where you're in the same system doing the same thing, you know, the routine, the relationships, the, you know, the, the fighting in a, in a, and we fought in a different way, you know, uh, but all running towards that same goal. And then it's just over. But I used to tell the staff at the end of the summer, you know, you, you look around and there's just, there's not a lot of people that have had this same experience. Right. It's a, it's a small community of people that have done what you guys have done this summer. And I would imagine it's the same type of mindset where, you know, you feel running that race, doing that thing. There's just not a lot of people that understand what we all just went through, you know? Right. And I, I think for me, that would be you know my takeaway from somebody who isn't a veteran talking to somebody that is is understanding like I, it, you have it It always it's funny to like listen sometimes because you, you know a lot of veterans still talk the language they speak the, <laughs> the military language so they're like man the other day i was thinking about the 55 dds and i'm like i don't know what that is you know <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) three MW whatever, and I'm like (laughs) ah, (laughs) but you know that was that was what they spoke for years and and their lives for years. So I'm not there's a level of grace uh, and curiosity that I want to have with that where that was that was literally your life for X amount of time. And just because it wasn't mine doesn't mean I get to unilaterally dismiss that. That's right. Absolutely. That's not cool. You know? Um, But at, at the same time, I think that's one of the hard parts about being around veterans and, you know, hearing the stories is it is so far detached from the everyday life of your general American, rich poor whatever that may be that's not the experience (laughs) you know right you know it's our our lives now we get to live our lives in many circumstances because of the service that you guys have done but it's it's a really hard thing to you know talking to the veterans you know and even first responders who may be Mm -hmm. listening you know And I hope this isn't uh, insensitive to say, but having some grace for us, too, because your world is so
2: much different
1: than ours, you know?
2: Right. It's interesting, too, because there's so many of us that have the mindset that, like, it was a job. Like, I chose that. Like, nobody forced me to join the Army. Nobody. Seemed cool. Did some cool stuff. That's why I did it. The brochure was awesome. The ads on TV were amazing. And that's that's what I wanted to do. You know, as a little kid, I wanted to be a fireman and a paramedic. That's what I ended up doing. And a lot of those guys are the same way. But then we have, as with every different job, every different, you know, area of life, we have culture that comes in and says how it is. Yeah. And then the more culture says that's how it is, that becomes the accepted kind of thought process that all these dudes have post-traumatic stress disorder and they're unable to function, you know? And so there's in both going in both directions, there's, there's gotta be grace in both directions, like you said, but there are some people that just don't that served by choice and just don't fall into that same category. But a lot of times, it's we're very good on in this world of making everything into monoliths. You know what I mean? Like all Republicans are this, all veterans are this, all pastors are this. And like, it's just not the case. If I may, it's unfair for non veterans, just as it is for veterans to be all lumped in, in our little groups, and our little categories, it makes it way more difficult just to be together and, and know and have grace for each little subgroup.
0: I think I, that's something inherently that has bothered me my entire life. I've always been somebody that strives so hard not to judge a book by its cover, and I have always been the one that's tried to get to know everybody from the whole group. I mean, even in elementary school, I'd be the kid that would go around and see how everybody was doing on recess. Like, I never just hung out with my couple people. And so I think that that's more of a mindset issue, person to person. And I would hope that, I don't know, I like to hope and be upbeat and positive that the majority of America is not that way. Um, And that if you gave somebody, I mean, first impressions speak a lot, but I have met so many amazing people that if I would have gone off of my first impression, I would have totally missed out on an incredible friendship and relationship with them, you know? So you just, you just gotta give people time. You gotta, you gotta see for yourself who somebody is. And I think, I think there's a lot of people that are willing to give that shot. And I think that this is one of the reasons why we do this is to just give people a little bit more understanding so that they can step out and have a conversation and, ask somebody out for coffee and just get to know somebody and, and just check them out a little bit more than just what seems to be on the surface, you know?
1: So, you know, nobody wants to be stereotyped, Yeah. you know, whatever part, whatever demographic you find yourself in, you know, Oh, I thought because you were born in the city, that meant that, you know what I mean? The questions that I would and still get to this day. And it's like, Maybe I've lived in Fenton for like 20 years. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind is, yeah. you know, the older I get, the more I understand the power of the individual. Um, right. And I absolutely, I don't mean that to sound like a uh, new agey, you know, or whatever, you know, your inner chakra. Um, but, you know, I, I mean that to say, Doing the blanket stuffs easy, it, it really is, and that's what people and leaders generally tend to do. You know the the lazy. I'm I'm just going to call it that. Um, way to go about it is to adhere to the stereotype as opposed to getting to know the individual. You know whether it's you or um, Steve Hernandez or. You know, Dwayne Wagnitz or Pastor Jim or or whoever. Right. You know, each of you have had such different military experiences. You know, like I, oh yeah, I don't know, I don't know that there that there can be a lumping you guys into this one, you know, category. As I right. have to say, other than these veterans served our country through military service. Right. You know, yeah. you had a much different experience, a much different experience than Dwayne, right. than Steve, than Pastor Jim, than, absolutely, you know, Tom Mallon, the, you know, pick a guy. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. you know, and I, I would say at the same time for veterans, I'll say it's for us, it's equally important to not be lazy and not assume, you know, not be, or or for first responders, not to be like, well, they all think we're this way. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? Like, go talk to someone who never serves. Go share a little bit. You know what I mean? Don't just think that everyone assumes. But if we get caught up in that, that's like how you dig this big, huge line in the sand. Right. And we're all just kind of caught, you know, staring at each other and then social media happens <laughs>
0: or you miss out on what could yeah. be like one the yes. most impactful friendships that you could ever have.
2: Right.
0: It's just, it's just incredible. You know,
2: well, like when we first hung out with you and Nick and you were, you know, I was sharing some speaking of military experience. I was sharing some insight into some of city life just because of one of my army roommates. And then Ashley said, well, how does like, How would I come on a ride along, on the ambulance? And I was like, just by coming on the ride along, was like, like just show up and ride along.
0: Yeah, and he keeps on talking, and like a minute later, I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hold on. I'm still trying to process this. So you're saying I could just come on a ride along? Yeah. And he was like, it's as simple as that, and blew my mind. So yeah, you just just, never know. You just never know.
2: Yeah, I think it's just being open and gracious. And something that Adam um, Myers brought up last week is that all veterans aren't combat veterans. Yeah, that was good. That's, like, super important to keep in mind. You know, all, like, some guys were mechanics They need those guys, too, to keep everything moving. You know, some guys were cooks. You need some, you need those guys, too. Some of the coolest dudes I met were mess sergeants. Like, not everybody actually fought, but everybody had a part in setting up the guys who did. Right. You know, I'd say, generally speaking, it's okay to ask questions, but there's, like we said earlier in the the podcast here, just it's not always wise to ask what's the worst thing, the worst thing you ever saw. You know, did you kill people? Kids ask that. But they're kids. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe
0: ask like what did you do? What was your position? Right. How did you decide to get into the military? I mean, those are like lighter, easier surface questions that are easier to and then right. kind of feel out whether or not they're enjoying the conversation and want to talk about it more or if-
2: Now this one also will seem obvious, mm-hmm. but I, I had this. I went to a a, a conference where they said this it was like never ask someone what's wrong with them. <laughs> I mean it seems like but they said it. I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. They like what happened over there. Sure. So so what happened during your service? Again, things that seem obvious but that aren't. Right. You think so. Anyway, well, hey, I think for me we kinda always little land the plane here. I just think the important thing that this to continually working on on bridging those gaps and trying to understand each other better and for veterans, for us to have grace, you know, for, for non-military people and for just to have grace for those questions and welcome the interest, you know, welcome that people actually are taking the time to want to know how we are doing and, and not instantly throwing up those defenses and having the, being comfortable with saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not cool to talk about that. Yeah. That's, that's not okay.
1: Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd say from a non-veteran point of view, if somebody's asking it's because there is a general either fascination with the experience or curiosity about you. Right. I, I don't think it's a, it's always this malicious, like I want to hear the bloodthirsty details, you know, or, or <laughs> right. whatever. Like, absolutely, I, I think in general, you know, for the veterans that are listening, when somebody's asking about your experience, or and, and to try to see to the heart of that, despite you know what may come off as ignorance, you know, the the heart of it is you have experienced something that I can't even fathom. And I would love to know more about it. Now, from our end, if you're saying, eh, not ready to go there, there needs to be a respect to that. And
0: absolutely.
1: And a friendship shouldn't end or a possible relationship shouldn't end because "Eh, that's the only thing I was interested in you about, you know, that would suck. (laughs) You You know, so I, I don't, I mean, you and I, I don't, Think we've had very many conversations about your experiences. That's not, Mm-mm. you know, it's not <laughs> it's that I'm not. It, we just have lots of other things to talk about, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I I'd say that it's always extremely honoring and humbling when you gain trust with another human being, and I think that if if we as people were created for relationship, created to be a part of families and communities and and to grow and, and be there for one another. I think that brotherhood that some are missing, I think that in some ways there's a lot of other people that are looking for a brotherhood and maybe they didn't come from a veteran experience. And so I think that the more, I don't know, my takeaway is just that the more we can just be giving in friendship and just extend like we're blessed to be a blessing and so in every circumstance to truly try to bless one another with just a great conversation and encourage encouragement you know whatever that looks like i think the more that we can extend each other some grace it's just absolutely blows me away when you know, there's just always incredible breakthrough that happens in friendship and families and things. And
2: um, mm-hmm.
0: I think mm-hmm. those that are looking for friends and family that are coming out of, you know, that's still there for them. God still has that for them. And so to just, whether it's a community side or somebody that's a veteran, I think to keep your heart open for what God can bring your way is, is pretty cool. So All
2: Right. You know, this is a good, a good time. To say, if you're looking for that community or brother or sisterhood, to join a group,
0: hey, you what? could go to what? freedom
2: center, <laughs> freedom center church groups and check out the lighthouse experiment.
1: FreedomCenter.Church. So okay, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just personally invested in this.
0: No, thank you for giving. Jim and I aren't always the ones with the 100% accurate information, so we're very no. glad that you corrected
2: us. <laughs> I had like 75%.
0: It was fine. Yeah. 76%.
2: Go to freedom
0: FreedomChurch. They seven, would have found it. They would have DM'd him. Slash nine.
2: links. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Anyway, join a group. And one more time, it's freedomcenter.church backslash links. Yeah? No? No. <laughs> 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 um,
0: Whatever. Hit Pastor me. Carl, how about you just do the outro then? You did the intro. Just do the outro <laughs>
2: Oh, man. All right. You know,
1: c- Community is a huge deal. You know, we're, we were definitely not meant to do this alone in any way, shape or form. Freedomcenter.church slash groups. There's 30 something groups to, you know, choose from, including the lighthouse experiment and, and what they have to offer you. So definitely head there and, and check it out. <laughs>
0: Yes.
2: There you have it. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Pastor Carl, for joining oh, us. Thanks always for joining a pleasure.
2: us. Always
1: a pleasure. This is a fun one. I, I like hearing this perspective.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Freedom Center Church, for the opportunity and the support. And for our listeners, keep checking us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And that's all. We haven't made the shift. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> roll the music
0: oh, here we go see you guys next time
2: <laughs> yeah